from the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu. Get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry product of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry product at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233 277-250-420 or plus 233-249-39-3361 Email us refismila at gmail.com Visit our website icgcislegon.com Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. from your battle, the battle of your marriage, the battle of your business, the battle of your finances, the battle of your sickness, the battle of your shame, the battle of your disgrace, the battle of your setback, the battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said she will rest from your battle. And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. I'm sharing with you on a message I've titled The Mystery of the Church. Say the mystery of the church. Say the mystery of the church. Now, before we go into that, let's look at the scripture in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. Matthew 16, 13 to 20 is a popular scripture that we all know, but it gives us a lot of revelations. And I read. It says this. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Take note. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was their Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm sharing, like I said, we are talking about the mystery of the church. Say the mystery of the church. Now, what is a mystery? A mystery is a hidden truth. It's something that you cannot easily recognize or know until something is taken off. A mystery is something that is hidden or is covered. Are you there with me? Now, your ability to uncover it or to decode it becomes the information received. So, it's a mystery. It's, it's, it's something that is not common. Is something that you cannot easily understand or know. Amen. So it takes you a lot of work to be able to know it. Are you there with me? So Bible says that the kingdom of God is like a field that somebody saw. 
and wanted to buy it. And then he went and sold everything. All his houses, his cars, his everything. And then went and bought that field. The reason he bought the field is that there is some hidden treasures in the field. Amen. Which the ordinary eye cannot see it. Are you there with me? But that man saw it and sold everything to go and purchase that field. Now, if you are a friend of that man and you met that man, you tell the man that he's crazy. Are you there with me? Because the reason is that possibly you might not find that that, that land has anything good in it. But the man found that there is something in the land or in the soil which I mean, makes him to sell whatever he has in order to purchase that land. In other words, the same thing when we talk of the church or the kingdom of God, we are talking about hidden treasures. Say hidden treasures. Say hidden treasures. It's a mystery because the person sitting by you does not know who you are. Amen. There are two testimonies to every person. Or there are two knowledge to every person. The first one is the, is the flesh realm. Say the flesh realm. Say the flesh realm. Now, people know you by the flesh. Because of how you talk, how you walk, how you behave, how you do things, whether your schoolmates, your classmates, your bosses in the office, your husband, your wife, your mother, your father, they all know you on what we call the flesh level. See the flesh level. Now, based on how they know you on the flesh level, they can conclude that you are like this. Are you there with me? You are like this. But in actual sense, that is not who you are. Are you there with me? Because you see, their understanding of who you are is always limited. It's limited by the environment you find yourself. It's limited by the information they have about you. It's limited by the way they perceive you to be. And so sometimes, maybe you might be, um, to their estimation, you are quick-tempered. So they will brand you to be a quick-tempered person. Or by their estimation, the class, the teacher looks at you and you are not performing well. So he looks at you and says, well, looking at your performance as per every average score, um, when we are looking for maybe 50 or 60, you are always within the bracket of 10, 15. So it means that you are dull. I mean, you are blockheaded. Are you there with me? So the fact of the matter is that he will not consider you as very important or someone that can excel in life. So he can throw you off and say that you will never excel. Because when I look at your records or your performance you are you will not amount to anything the reason he gave that judgment is that he's assessing you on a human level amen someone can walk to you wearing tattered clothes he might not look appear uh, appealing to you his, his his demeanor might not look striking and so you look at him and then conclude that he will be a thief hello so instead of you opening your door to the person, you, you shut your door and you communicate to the person from within your house. Why? It's because of how the person looks. So the looks on a person even shows how he's related to or how he's described. But you see, all those things box down to the first level, which is the level of the flesh. And in Mark, Matthew 16, what I read, Jesus wanted to do a postmortem. He wanted to actually understand or uh, to find out whether the people he's working with or he has worked with for all this world really knows him and understands him. So he asked them, who do men, take note of this, they said, who do men say that I am? The word there is men. Are you there with me? And man is a product of the earth. 
Man is a product of his environment. Man thinks and relates based on his environment and the things that happens to him. So his moods are adjusted based on what? The situation he finds himself. Amen. That is what we call happiness. Happiness comes out of happiness. But joy is above happiness. Joy is a, is, is a fruit of the spirit. But happiness is about what? The product of the environment. So if things does not go on well for me today, I'll be sad. Because the environment or my circumstances did not give me anything that I could hold on to to give me hope. So I'll be sad. But when it is joy, joy does not uh, wait for things to get right before I will move in a strength to do things that I do. So joy is of the Lord. It's a fruit of the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Right now you are sitting by somebody. Ask the person, who do you think I am? Let the person tell you something. You'll be shocked. The kind of definition they will give you. And, and, and sometimes it's very challenging. I, I tell people, for instance, if you meet an artist or you meet somebody singing or somebody acting, the way he acts in a film is different from the way he is outside the film. Hello? But do you know that sometimes artists have, uh, actors and actresses have some unpleasant circumstances sometimes that sometimes they, if you act a role and maybe you are a bullist in the film or, or you are a witch or whatever it is, society tends to perceive you as that. So, so sometimes when you are walking in town, you, 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 you try to hide. Amen. If you can borrow some or get some dark shades, you put it on. And hide yourself because people can meet you, people meet you, people, and they have their own interpretation. Hello, oh, that is this, this man. So, even the gentleman will look cute and nice, comes to propose to the lady, the lady will say, Ah, you this humanizer. And the way he concludes that is a humanizer because he saw him acting that way in a film. But you see, the person is forgetting that anytime your script is given to you, it's a role you have to perform, and you have to make what we call make believe. So, you act it for it to show that it's real. But it is not real. It's a fiction. So, they are using fiction to describe your real identity or your nature. It is said and known that an actor like Jim Ike is a shy person. He is very, I mean, it's not a public type. But when you look at him on set, you think that he's, he's branded as one of the bad boys of the industry. Are you with me? So, when you meet him now and maybe he comes to propose to you, you look at him and rate him by the way he acts on set and say that this is who he is. So you see, your definition of who he is is limited. Oh, who am I preaching to today? So, most times in life, we miss opportunities not because we have to miss it, but we miss opportunity because our, 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 our ability to assess a man is limited. So the Englishman who says that we are parochial in our thinking. We, we, we are, we are short-sighted. Myopic. Because the, the, the distance by which we see determines how we interpret things. Jesus healed a man. And he healed a man of blindness. And after he's finished, he asked the man, what do you see? The man said, I saw trees upside down. Because that's what he's seeing. So he's describing that way. Until Jesus touched him again, he said, now I saw everybody clear. 
God came to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah said, I saw an amal tree. He said, yes, what you saw is right. I will hasten my way to perform. Right now, ask the person again, what do you see about me? Isn't it funny and amazing that you can be, you can be accorded respect based on the way you dress? Or how you appear? And, 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 and people are discriminated in society based on so many factors. And, and sometimes it amazes me until somebody knows who you are before he starts respecting you. Sometimes you call somebody on the phone, the person will be misbehaving. Until you mention, say, oh, I'm sorry, pastor, I never knew you are the one. I have met a lot. And I know you've met several. Until you, you reveal your true identity. Say, oh, but you should have told us that you are Mr. That and Mr. This. That makes you to understand that man is limited. Tell somebody man is limited. So that is why you should not live your life based on the opinions of men. Because man doesn't know you. Your true identity is a mystery. Tell the person, my true identity is a mystery. Oh, tell the person, my true identity is a mystery. Tell the person, you don't know me. You know me by what you see about me. Or how I talk. Or how I behave. By the true me, you don't know. And is it funny? Jesus has been with us for all this while and asked them, who do men say that I am? And, and, and they started saying, some say you are Jeremiah. Is Jesus Jeremiah? Somebody will look at this and say, oh, the way you behave, you are like Tupac. <laughs> or oh, you are like Jay-Z. Oh, the way you preach, you look like T.D. Jakes. You see, there is Everybody is not a counterfeit. Everybody is original. Oh, come on. Who am I talking to today? You have your original self. You are not a carbon copy of somebody. It has been realized that even twins, their DNA are not the same. If you pick twins, their hair, their very hair samples, it is not the same. It's different. They can be identical twins, but they are different. Their fingerprints are different. Their fingernails are different. So you, you are not a carbon copy of anybody. You might look like your father, but you are not your father. Oh, come on. Who am I preaching to? So, 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 so if you look at my aunt and say that you are just like your father, you are making a mistake. My father has his own wealth. Maybe he failed and he was a drunkard or he was a womanizer and all those things. I was born out of him, but I am different. I am who I am because God created me so. Tell somebody I'm not you. And you are not me. So don't force me to be you. It's a mystery. And sometimes society boxes us. Society puts us in a cage. And sometimes we are even forced to walk to please society. We are forced to talk to please society. We are forced to do things to please society. Meanwhile, we do that at the expense of our discomfort. Why don't you be your original self? You are original. 
do men say I am? Some say you are Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a different person from Jesus. Some say you are John the Baptist. Some say you are this, you are that. And then after everything, he paused. He said, ah. The whole thing was baffling Christ. Then Christ said, Okay, this is what the people say about me. I understand. What do you, you, my disciples, that I have been with all this while, what do you say that I am? Hello. <laughs> Sometimes it's funny. You can be with your wife, but your wife doesn't know you. You can be with your husband, but your husband doesn't know you. Your own children will be with you. They don't know you. Your boss in the office does not know you. You see, if some, somebody sitting by you today knows that you are the savior of his life and you are the one through whom his blessing will come, that person will attitude towards you right now will change. It will change. It will change. It will change. I said it will change. Who do men say that I am? They said, they said, but what do you also say that I am? Because Jesus thought that relationship has been built to a point. And based on relationship, they should have had a revelation of who he is. But funny enough, they all couldn't say anything. Because you see, they don't know what the man they are working with is. And pastor, I'm cutting with a gentleman. We've cutted for about 10 years. So I knew him. I know him very well. Now I can marry him. You are choking. You don't know him. Because Bible says, now therefore, we know no man after the flesh. We know man by the spirit. Tell somebody you know man by the spirit, not the flesh. Tell another person you know man by the spirit, not the flesh. You see, your spiritual state is what determines who you are, not your physical state. The physical state of David to the eye of the king is that he's a small boy who has no experience to fight Goliath. But the spiritual state of David is bigger than the strength and the, and the military experiences of Goliath. So he was able to flog Goliath not by his height or his age, but because of his spiritual what? Maturity and spiritual growth. So the king has said, King Saul has said, David, he said, You are but a youth. Yes, he's a youth. That is who he is. He said, You are not a man of war. Goliath has been, it's now 40 years. And for 40 years, he from the day one, he has been a soldier. He has an experience. Yes, David doesn't have experience. He's 17 years. And the 17 years, maybe possibly when he started taking care of the ship, might not be even five years. But there is something he knew. And what he knew was not acquired from men, was acquired from God, the source of all life, the one who knows who he is, the one who knows the product he fashioned. You see, it is only the manufacturer that knows the wealth of his product. The consumer has no idea what the manufacturer went through to give birth to that product. So when it comes to the beauty of the product and the one that can give an authentic testimony of the product it is not the one that consumes it, it is the one that manufactured it God manufactured us and gave us to the world the world is consumers they, were, they are feeding on us they are feeding on our abilities they are feeding on our talents they are feeding on our creativity 
They are feeding on our existence. Are you there with me? So they look at us based on what we give to them to describe us. But the reality of the, 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 the truth of the matter is that the one who made us, who is God, knew what we are to him. That is why no man can die for you, but Jesus died for you and I. You think it's easy? <laughs> I like, I, I, when I was growing young, I, I like listening to Nana Pedu songs. And one of the songs I listened to was two friends who said they love each other. He said, I will die for you. And, and whilst they were chatting, they were walking through the forest and they were, they were saying that the other said, I'll die for you. Look, even if animals right now should come out, I, I'm going to die for you. I will sacrifice my life because of our, our relationship. All of a sudden, this lion from nowhere, maybe the lion had a conversation. Then the lion appeared. <laughs> so when the lion appeared, the one who was brabbing and said, I will die for you, instantly ran and climbed a tree. And love this friend that he said he's going to protect. Now the friend doesn't have any choice. The friend ran and went and hid himself in some thorns and thistles. And, and the thing was piercing by ass to hide there. The lion came so close but he could not penetrate because of the thorn in nature. So he stood there and was roaring. Now after the lion left, open up, got down from the tree. And when he came, he came. You know how they do it. Oh, where is the lion? Where is the lion? Then the friend came out. He said, if I see the lion, I would have killed the lion. You know, I made you a promise. He said, yes, you made him a promise. He said, but I saw the lion close. He was saying, so what did he tell you? He said, the lion said that I should not trust you. <laughs> oh, give a clap of free unto the Lord. Trust is the weapon of a man's stability in life. And if you don't handle it well, you break your own foundation. And the only one that you can trust it to is God Almighty. Bishop Jensen put it to says, trust is like virginity. You break it once and that is it. You see, no matter what you say, if you say you are a virgin, once you ended up one day somebody breaking that virginity, you are no more a virgin. You are repackaged virgin. If you like stay 10 years married, you are repackaged. You are no more a virgin. Born again virgin. Give a clap of front to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who do men say that I have they said? They said, what do you say? Then they were all looking at Then Peter came out with where I am centering the whole thing. He said, you are Christ. Say Christ. Christ. Say Christ. You see, he did not mention Christ by the definition of Jesus' humanity. But he mentioned Christ by the definition of Jesus' spirituality. His spiritual state. You are Christ. That defines specifically the true identity of who Jesus is. Who is Christ? Christ simply means Christos. The anointed one. Acts chapter 10 verse 38, as the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus of Nazareth, going about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. That was his assignment. That was his, his core value. In Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, Bible says he took the scroll and read it. And said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel. 
to the to the captive and to the broken heart of heart people that have what heartbroken and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And after he has preached all those Bible said he sat down and said that today this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears, which was a confirmation to what was written in Isaiah chapter 61, which is the prophetic, the prophetic nature, the prophetic assignment of who Jesus is. Every child of God, listen to me this morning. Under the sound of my voice, you have a prophetic assignment. Your prophetic assignment is who you are, not what man says you are you have a prophetic assignment you have a prophetic assignment tell somebody you have a prophetic assignment so don't limit yourself your prophetic assignment is bigger than where you are now it's bigger than whatever you have achieved it's bigger than the whole world you are Christ the son of the living God not the dead God which means that the God that he comes from, that Jesus came from, whenever he lifts up his hand, that God will answer. Whenever he speaks, that God is there. That God does not travel. That God does not, does, is not limited by space or by time or by circumstances or by challenges. He is always there. He is living. Say living. Say living. The son of the living God. Not the son of the dead God. I was told of a village where that village they have they have very nice beautiful shrines and they they cherish so much and the shrine is powerful are you there with me very very powerful they believe in that power of the shrine that one day there was rain and this thing happened in my brother's area you know my brother's area number nine and this is a true story and it rained and flooded the whole place when it flooded the whole place the waters also flooded the place of the goal, the small gene, and carried it and washed it away. Now the fetish priest came out that the chief should beat a gong gun, that the mighty man should fall into the water and swim to go and bring that God. Now if that God have legs, why shouldn't he walk? He can swim. If he has power, he should move from the water and come back to where he was. Did you understand what I'm talking about? By you and I, our living God cannot be carried away by water. He cannot be carried away by rain. He cannot be carried away by situation. He cannot be carried away by circumstance because he is living. That is why you can trust him. You are Christ, the son of the living God. And this is what he said. When Jesus heard that, instantly something welled up within him. You see, anytime people are able to know who really you are, it, it, it motivates you. It stirs something within you that when you are not even able to do it, there is, there is some grace that will come from within you that will provoke you to do what you don't even intend to do for the person. She will do it even more. Then instantly said that this is how he put it. He said, Simon Peter, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus answered and said to you, Blessed are you. You see, anytime people know your true identity, they get blessed. You see, if you know the man sitting by you, you will get the blessing out of that person. Every man carries a blessing, but it is your ability to decode that secret to take that blessing out. Shall I prove it to you? Neman was a general. A five-star general, but he was a leper. 
which was a taboo for him not to even appear in public. So he hides it. When you want to shake Neman's hands, he tells you, my, don't worry. <laughs> Hello, how are you, brother? <laughs> Neman is always pocketing, not because of anything. The guy is a leper, but he's a five-star general. But in this house was a maid, servant, a Jew, maid. Say maid. maid. Say maid. maid. A maid servant who does not qualify to even come close to the table of the uh, of the master because by their rules who tell you the mess you are staying in your quarters you don't see the boss's face it's madame and the chief servant that instructs you so madame instructs the chief servant and the chief servant instructs you so you don't even get close to madame you don't know what is going on and you are ma- you as the maid you have your own dress that you are wearing and on top this maid was a slave a, a jewish slave carried to syria hello but that maid was the one who was the divine key to the healing and the restoration of Naaman. And, 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 and all this one, Naaman has been a leper. He is fighting his sickness and, 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 and pretending in public that everything is well. And Naaman thought that the best doctors in the town and the best judges and the best lawyers and the best these are those that can fix the problem for him. And he's walking there it's not because he's dealing with the people of his class. But he did not know that there is somebody in his house who in his own estimation does not matter. No, no, she holds the key. Can I suggest to you that some of you, your blessing is close to you, but you don't know, and you are despising it. Some of you, your saviors and your blessings are those that wash your car every day. Some of you, they are your messengers in your office. Some of you, they are your gatekeepers, your securities. Some of you, they are your cooks that cook for you. But you see, you have have described them only as cooks, as servants. That is how you know them to be. You don't know that they hold a key to solve a problem in your life. But when the Lord opens your eyes and you have a revelation of that getman, you will know that he's not an ordinary getman, but he's a getman with a difference. That little guest slave was the one that heard about the whole thing and went and said, Master, there is a prophet in Samaria who can heal you of this. And when the man got to Samaria, to cut a long story short, you can go and read it later on in Second Kings chapter 5. When Naaman got to Samaria, Naaman came back healed of his leprosy. When, when Naaman heard the story, he went to the king. The king said, I'll give you everything. The king gave Naaman everything. But whatever the king gave to Naaman was not what healed Naaman. What healed Naaman was the direction that little slave showed. So, in, in first Kings, in first Samuel chapter 9, his father's asses were lost. He went looking for them. He went with the servant. He never saw the importance of that servant. But it is through that servant little coin. That is what connected Saul to his prophetic destiny. Say revelation. Say revelation. Anytime a man has a revelation of who you are, you are provoked to do something. He said, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood. Say flesh and blood. Say flesh and blood. After today, don't live by flesh and blood opinion. Live by heavenly opinion. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And he said that upon this, I will build myself. You are Peter. And upon this, I will build my church. And against of her shall not re- what? 
prevail against what? Against you. The key thing most times we say is that when he say Peter, we are talking about Peter as a human being. No. Peter by his name is a small rock. Petros. A small rock. That is not what he's saying. What Jesus was meaning is that the revelation that I am Christ, the son of the living God, upon that revelation the church will be built. Which means that the church will be built on revelation. The church will not be built by fleshly things. The church cannot be built by fleshly estimation. The church cannot be built by fleshly desire. It can only be built on principles of the spirit. So that is why when you come to church and you think it's by dressing that can make you a Christian, it's a lie. Somebody said that, a friend of mine said that he said when he was growing up and understand righteousness, he thinks by wearing white, white every day makes him righteous until he understands by salvation that wearing white does not make you righteous. You can wear white but you are dirty inside. What makes you righteous is the saving blood of Jesus. If you shall confess the Lord as your Lord and personal Savior, he shall forgive you of all your sins and he shall restore you. Some people think that by, by me giving money to people or showing goodness and charity that will make me to inherit the kingdom. No. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God by only good deeds. You inherit the kingdom of God by being saved because salvation is the ticket that will book you to your heaven. Some people think that once I'm close to the pastor or the pastor lays hands on me or the pastor prophesies into my life and everything is happening well for me or I am the chief deacon, the chief usher or I am serving in the church department or I am wearing suit and I come to church every day that alone guarantees me heaven. No, it can't guarantee you heaven. It says that now that you heard the word and the word is now you, you should believe with all your heart and don't be disobedient like your fathers in the wilderness. You should accept the word and repent from your sins and if you shall confess him as Lord and your personal Savior, you shall be saved. Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yawatempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am on Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you.